Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. We're going to be in Luke chapter 8 this morning. A new start, verse 26 is where we're going to start actually. Verse 28, and when Jesus, when he saw Jesus, this is the demon-possessed man, he cried out, fell down before him with a loud voice, said, what have you to, what, what have I to do with you? Jesus, son of the most high God, I beg you, do not torment me. And so this demon-possessed man comes and, and it says he falls down. Now, in the Gospel of Mark, it tells us he worshipped him. And that's what worship means, right? To, to bow down before somebody, to worship them. And so this man comes out, he worships Jesus. That's, that's an interesting that's an interesting thing. We know that that's the case, right? Philippians chapter 2 tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. That's including Satan. He's going to bow down before the majesty and grandeur of Jesus Christ. You know, every knee, whether you're saved or not, you're going to bow down before Jesus and declare that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's just your future. You know, maybe that's right before people get cast into the lake of fire, but the reality is is that everyone's going to bow the knee and recognize that he is master. What I find amazing is that people in Jesus' day would spit on him, punch him, defile, defile him, you know, deride him, you know, all these things that people would do against Jesus. And still today, people do against Jesus. They, they hate Jesus. And they'll say all kinds of horrible things. And yet you think of how is a demon's response to Jesus? Doesn't James tell us in James 2.19 that even the demons believe and tremble? <laughs> they believe and they tremble. But that makes me think about my worship towards Jesus. Do I tremble before him? Well, I see him very different than they do. They see him as, as this judge that's coming after them. It's going to condemn them for their, their, their wrong. And we see him as a savior who loved us and came and, and died for our sins. And, and yet I, I kind of think that, you know, if, if this is the response a demon's going to have to come down and prostrate himself before Jesus, then maybe my response to Jesus is a little weak sometimes. Like maybe I should really think of him a little bit higher than I do. You know, I mean, I, I'll be honest, and I think this is probably true for all of us at times, that we come in here into the sanctuary and we're worshiping and and we're thinking about other things, you know. I've caught myself do that, you know. Like I'm thinking about, oh, you know, is somebody going to turn that light off? Or is that, you know, is that going to, and, and I'm just like distracted. And yet if I realize the power and the grandeur and the majesty of who Jesus was, I think it would change my perspective completely. This demon who's been in his presence, who understands the power of Jesus, that, that understands not to fear him who can destroy the body, but fear him who can cast both soul and body into hell, that's what they're worried about. 
they had a whole different perspective of who Jesus was. And, and so we see this man, and, he, and he's a, a man of, he's a man who, who is completely filled with demons, yet he worships Jesus. And that, and that just goes to show that Jesus is worthy of our worship, isn't he? He is worthy of our worship. You know, if a demon's going to worship him, we certainly should. Verse 29, it says, For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. So this man's coming to Jesus. Jesus commands the spirits to come out of him. And Jesus has authority over the devil. You realize that. He has complete authority over the devil. Matthew also tells us that this man, not only did he cut himself with stones, but he wouldn't let anybody pass by that region. So if you were like walking through, you know, he was kind of like a troll, you know, <laughs> you know, come running out after you. Okay, we're not going over there, you know. And so this was kind of a, a you know, a, a, a villain, you know, if you will, this region. Nobody went out there. He's breaking chains. They try to, you know, obviously they think, you know, this guy has serious mental illnesses, serious problems. And so they, they try to shackle him with chains and he just breaks the chains. You know, these demons give him supernatural power. You know, you've heard the stories, you know, somebody trying to cast the demons out of somebody. You know, I remember somebody telling me that it took 10 men to hold down this little tiny woman because she had demons in her and she kept throwing them off. You know, I, I don't I don't know about all that stuff, but it would seem that there's supernatural power when it comes to these these demons in this man. They give him the ability to do things that a normal person wouldn't be able to do. I think of Acts chapter 19 when the seven, seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish high priest who was an exorcist, had his sons go and cast out the demons. And they were maybe they weren't having great success with their efforts, and so they saw how easily, with a word, Paul would cast out demons. And so they said, well, we, we, we want to cast you out in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. And of course, the demon says, well, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And he jumped on them, and they fled out of the house naked and bleeding. He, it was more probably more like, Jesus I know, you know, something like that. <laughs> it seems like they always change your voice. I don't know. But, but this, this demon possessed man, he has, he has thousands, it would seem, of demons in him. And quite literally, a, a demon possessed person is kind of like a super villain. You know, we, we, we tend to think of these things and, and, th you know, kind of relegate them to the comic books. You know, people with superpower. People with the abilities that, you know, are otherworldly, you know. And yet, you know, actually, as you read through the Bible, you see that these, these things are actually true. It isn't the, the comic book, it isn't from the comic books we get these ideas. It's from the Bible that we get these ideas. You know, think about Samson. Samson was a man with supernatural strength. And it had to do with the, the Nazarite vow that he was given. And, and, you know, in that vow, you're not supposed to cut your hair. And so when his hair was cut, he he became like any other man, but and we it doesn't say that Samson Samson was a he man like he had huge muscles or anything, he just had supernatural strength, and so he'd go up to the 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 gate of a city, pull it off of its foundation, and carry the whole thing up the hill and put it on the top of a hill, or or kill thousands of men with a jawbone of a donkey. I mean, the guy had supernatural strength. And then when his strength was taken away from him because he broke his vow, he told Delilah who, you know, that he, how, uh, 
how how to diminish his strength finally as she wore him down his strength left and and they gouged out his eyes and they they put him on this you know a mill and he had a, you know just he's just you know struggling and 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 you know his his strength finally starts to come back as he prayed and his hair grew back and his strength came back and then he pushed over the pillars like toothpicks and killed thousands of Philistines killing more Philistines in his death than he did in his life. And so when you think about these things, you know, God can give supernatural strength to his people as well as he can to, as well as the demons can give supernatural strength to their host. And it's kind of wild to think about. But we have great power when it comes to these things. And I think sometimes we can be freaked out about it or we can be, you know, spooked out by it, but we don't have to be. First John 5.18 tells us, he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. Those who know Jesus can't be demon-possessed, not in the way that a demon can possess, or that the Holy Spirit can possess a, a you, or the way that a demon can possess another person. In the, in the Bible, it doesn't actually tell us that anybody's demon-possessed. It just tells us, it tells us that they're demonized. And in that, you kind of get the idea when the demons come out of them, that they were, you know, indwelling them in some way or another. But, but those who know Jesus are, are, are free from being demon-possessed. But I think we need to be careful when it comes to this because we can think, oh, well, I'm a Christian. A demon can't bother me at all. Is that true? Absolutely not. You know, we like to think that, but that's not true. I mean, you remember in, in Luke chapter 22, verse 31 through 32, and this is Jesus talking to Peter right before the temptation. The Lord said to Simon, Simon, Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And so Satan asked for Peter. Remember, Jesus told him, hey, pray, watch with me that you don't fall into temptation. What happened with Peter? He fell into temptation and he denied the Lord three times because Satan had tricked him. Satan had deceived him. You think of Job. Now, Job had it pretty bad. Of course, he wasn't a New Testament believer, but God allowed Satan to have access to Job and to his wealth and to his children and to his health. And, and God allowed that in his life. And sometimes God allows things in our lives when it comes to these things. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.